Hey, well, good morning and welcome to our maybe potentially our last week of the series, um, The Haunted Heart. I'm thinking about preaching one more week on I've enjoyed this series. I love, love, love what God is doing in our church right now through this series. And so maybe God, maybe God willing, and the creek don't rise. I just feel like saying it. Um, Lord willing, and the creek don't rise. Anybody ever heard that before? All of my, all my country folk in, in here, everybody else, like all the young people like, yo, this guy is weird. He's getting worse. <laughs> um, I, I really feel like God maybe have, God might have one more message in the series for us next week. I'm super, super thankful um, for what God is doing in our life. Thank you for all the messages that you guys have sent me saying, hey, I really need this series. This series really has, has helped me. Hey, last week you guys really did overwhelm me. My brother texted me last night on the way back from uh, Louisiana with Jay. He's like, did you cry last week on stage? And uh, in our house, we didn't cry growing up. And he's like, did you cry? I was like, on text, it's easier to lie. So I was like, maybe I did, maybe I didn't. You know, <laughs> like I can't lie to his face. Um, but I, I'm super thankful um, for the opportunity to get to lead and serve this church. Thank you for the gifts, the cards. All that was overwhelming to me. So thank you very, very much. And um, Maggie's in the building today. Maggie, thank you for all that you do for our church. Can we put our hands together for Maggie? I couldn't do it. Maggie is in the room today. And um, Gabe... Gabe just got here, so I don't, he doesn't really get as much credit and honor as Maggie gets, but uh, you know, I'm just kidding, he, he does. I'm so thankful for Gabe and all leading the worship. Can we put our hands together for Gabe and our worship team? And, and then Abel up here on keys, he's been with us since the very, very, very beginning. He's helped us and, and, and he's done an incredible job. I'm super, super thankful for him today. Can we put our hands together for him today? I have a gift for all of you guys. When we get to heaven, make sure I give it to you guys, all right? And um, no, I'm just kidding, I have a gift for all of them, I love them. Um, but really, we couldn't do any of this without, the, without, without all of you guys, without the Dream Team. And um, we have people are like, man, you guys, how are you, how are you doing? And I was at a conference just, just this past week, and they were saying, dude, we can't open up any of our stuff. We just, none of our volunteers are coming back. And all these, pa- it was about 100 pastors, and they're all like in this tension of, man, it's just been so terrible, and it's been so hard, and, and it has, and it has been terrible. All those things are true. Um, but they were just saying we can't open up any of our services because we just don't have the volunteer, the manpower. And so like we have our first graders open. Then we have our second grade open. Like very, 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 very limited. Today we have all of our, everything that we've done in the past, we've, pre-COVID, we have it all open today. And we're super, super thankful for that. But we couldn't, we couldn't have this church without, without a team of, with this dream team. And if all the dream team said, hey, we're going to take off next week, we couldn't have church. We would literally cancel church next week. Um, or it would just be a disaster. It would, it would be rough. And you guys know uh, five people, uh, our five-person staff, um, Diane, our team, we couldn't do any of this without a dream team. So I want to thank you guys for all that you guys do, all the work that you guys put in. Give yourself a round of applause. Come on, you're doing a good job. I can tell which ones of you guys struggle with self-doubting here. Because if I was out there in the past to give yourself a hand, I'd be like, look at me. I'm the man. He said I wasn't. I'd be clapping for myself, cheering myself down and... And, um, but I, I want to spend um, some time with you guys today. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, guard your heart above all else. Guard your heart above all else for it determines the course. It determines the course of your life. And I want to help you guys chart out the course. I, I want to help come alongside you. God has a course already charted out for you. But I want to come alongside you and make sure you know you guys got to guard your heart. You have to guard your heart. I think sometimes we get, we get so... Um, we, we, we never end up where we want to be at. We don't do what we do because we're sitting around our house on our couch on our lazy board. Our legs are crossed and we're waiting for God to show up and make us start. We're waiting for God to guard our heart. And he can do that. And he can help us. But like there's some things that we got to do ourselves. There, this verse says you, you guard your heart. Like you, Hope Church, you guard your heart. West Beecham, you guard your heart. Paul Katkai, you guard your heart. Because if you guard your heart, the Bible says it determines the course of life. You have to guard your heart. 
will God come alongside you? Do you need the Holy Spirit? Absolutely. But there are some things that you got to do, church. We got to, we got to, we have to do our part. We have to, we use the phrase in our church, we have to get in the game. We have to show what we have to do. We have to go all in. We already know God's went all in for us on the cross, but we have to go all in. So week one, we looked at this, guilt will haunt your heart. Guilt will haunt your heart. We got to get the guilt out of our life because if we don't get the guilt out of our life, the guilt, it leads to, it leads to shame. Week two, we learn that anger will haunt your heart. And you got to get the anger out of your life because if you don't get the anger out of your heart, the anger leads to bitterness. And we've already decided there's enough bitter people in, in, in the world. We don't need any more, we don't need any more bitter people. And then week three, we looked at comparison. We realize that comparison will haunt your heart. And comparison, it leads to resentment. And we all know that resentment leads to isolation. And we know we are living in days where isolation does not work. You won't be where, you can't be all that God's called you to be if you're living, if you're living in isolation. You can't do it. You're not, you weren't built, you, you weren't built to live in, in isolation. So guilt and anger and comparison. Today I want to talk to you and I want to use this phrase today. Anxiety will haunt your heart. Anxiety will haunt your heart. And I wrote down this about anxiety. You might agree or disagree today, but I realize this. I, I get a little bit nervous talking about anxiety because I realize there's a, we now have counselors that come to our church and Lord willing we're praying that some doctors will come to our church. And we have people that deal with anxiety. We have people that don't even know what anxiety is. We have some people, they get in the car, they, they, they get into like some trivial thing like, oh, anxiety. Like, that's not anxiety. Like, you, we just, we're, we're such an, we're not really that educated in this. The church is not really that educated in this area. And so it's hard to even navigate to even how to use the word. And, and we have anxiety and depression and worry and doubt and all those are on the rise in our culture today, but the reality in this room in here today is that if we don't make sure we, 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 we guard our heart, then the anxiety will creep in, and when the anxiety creeps in, then all things begin to unravel in our life. I mean, the Bible, the Bible actually addresses anxiety. It, it, it talks about it. Like, it's, it's funny because it's a, it's, a, it's a catchphrase in our culture today, and we use it a lot now, but it was, it's in the Bible, so it's not like it's a brand new thing. It existed way before you were ever even thought of. And I know that because the Apostle Paul addressed it. And Jesus wanted the Apostle Paul to address it. Now here's where I got today. I, sometimes the tension I have as a pastor is I want to tell you what I want to tell you. And then there's, that, there's a voice where, where I want to tell you what God wants to tell you. And so I had this, uh, what, I wanted, what, what was on the docket for today was greed. <laughs> and I realized this is like one of the most generous churches I've ever been a part of. And God's like, your church don't need that right now. Now maybe they will one day, but they don't need it now. And through this pandemic, I, I was I was been watching churches that are bigger than us, and um, throughout the throughout this pandemic, and they're like, yeah, we fed ten thousand people, like, and I'm like, we fed our little church fed fifty thousand people in a pandemic. Like, you can do more than ten. I, I want to be like, hey, you can do more than ten thousand, you know. And so um, it's not comparison; it's it's competition. I don't even know if those are the same exact thing or not. Um, but I, I so I. So I was watching all this. Well, about two weeks ago, uh, we had just got back from a, a little trip to Helen, Georgia. And I got back and I started feeling this pressure on my chest. And I found myself going, <sighs> deep breaths. And I'm like, you know, like, I'm like, what's, like, something's wrong with me. And you guys, and so a week had gone by and I don't tell anybody. I, I realize this about my life. I'm a, um, I'm, I, I, I think maybe, possibly, potentially, maybe. I really am. Um, you, if you met me, you would say, well, Wes is an optimist. Wes is an optimist. I mean, Wes is, I mean, 
West, you know, West optimism and self-talk. West does a great job. You might would say that about me, but you know what I realized also about myself? While I am an optimist, I, I, the more and more I, I study West Beecham, the, I came across the verse in the Bible in the New Testament that says there's life and death in the power of the tongue. And so you know what I realized? It's, it's possible. Now don't leave the church. Don't get mad at me. But it's possible I could be a pessimist. But I'm always speaking life into every situation. So you would never even know if I, if I, if I was a pessimist or not. <laughs> Flat tire. Praise God. We got three more to go. You know, like I can speak life into any, any situation with our team. We're going through this book and we're looking at um, self-doubt this week. And, and then that self-doubt, I believe, I, I, I said this this week on social, but I believe self-doubt is from the devil. I believe self-doubt is from the devil. But I think self-talk is on you. Like self-doubt, like I believe the enemy uses that to distract us. And I believe self-doubt, it can haunt your heart. I think God uses, or the enemy uses self-doubt. But I think at some point you got to start, you have to start getting some self-talk in your life. I, I was reading this book and it said this, that most, most athletes play on a court that's only five and a half inches wide. And it's the, the distance between your ear to your other ear, five. And their self, athletes have great self-talk. I'm going to go out there and win today. I'm going to go out there and dominate today. I'm going to go out there and crush the game today. So we have to have this self-talk. So I start self-talking and say, I'm okay. But the last week I told you I, I had to schedule a doctor's appointment. I was out to eat with um, uh, Abel and Nicole invite us to their home. And we went and had dinner with them. And, and she's like, well, you know that problem you have in your heart. It's, it's anxiety. You have anxiety. She's like, you're going to know the doctor. They're going to say you have high blood pressure. And I'm going to be like, thanks for speaking that death into my life. <laughs> But the whole entire time I'm like, I'm going to be okay, I'm going to make it, I'm fine. I'm gonna, and I'm not telling anybody because I don't want to be weak, you know, like I don't want to be weak. And that doesn't make you weak, but I'm like, my, my personality, my background tells me, hey, don't let you know you're weak. Don't let you know you're weak. Don't let you know you're weak. And I know that my weakness is made strong in God. I know all the verses, okay, don't tell me, all right. I'm a good self-talker. So I decided I was going to change my pace. Because that can help, that helps with anxiety. You have to change your pace. You, you, really, you really should change your pace. And maybe you decide you could change your environment. So I, I changed my pace and it helped. I scheduled a doctor appointment and I feel like I'm a little bit good. And I prayed and I believed that God listened. And then I looked to God's word and God's word began to speak to me. And so I want to share with you some scriptures today that I think that might, that might would help you. Here's what I need you to know about your anxiety. This is the pre-message. You need to figure out what's causing it. You should figure out what's causing your, your anxiety. You, you, you shouldn't just live with it. Um, there's a doctor's office right by True Nature where I get my, um, my fruit bowl, my acai bowl. Um, which is just millennial for super expensive fruit. Okay, that's really all that. That's really all that means. And um, so I had I get the fruit bowl and next to it says you shouldn't live in pain. It's a chiropractor. It's a chiropractor's um, um, office. And you should figure out what's causing your anxiety. If you're feeling anxious and and you're struggling with worry and doubt, you ought to figure out what's causing it. And here's the good news today: God never gets anxiety. That's really, really good news. And because God never gets anxiety, he can speak, he, he can help you and I. Like, he's put it in his word for you and I. Here's what the Bible says in Psalms chapter 94, because what you came for is God's word today. You didn't come for anything else but God's word. And you want to hear from God's word. I believe that about this church today. Here's what the Bible says in Psalms chapter 94, verse 19. When anxiety was great within me, your consolation brought me great joy. The apostle, the, I'm not the apostle Paul, but the David in the Psalms is saying, hey, when, I, when my anxiety was super great, your, God brought him joy. And I want to let you know today, in case you know, that you're supposed to live a joy-filled life. The Bible says the Holy Spirit gives us joy. One of the fruits of the Spirit is love. The second one is joy. You should have joy in your life. 
But it's hard to have joy in your life if you're battling with this anxiety. He tells that when my anxiety was great. And it's okay to get anxiety because it tells us it's going to happen. David had got it. And when he, but it's not okay for it to stay there because we know that we looked at this when we opened up. If we don't get rid of the anxiety in life, it, it causes us to, here's, here's, here's the tension I, I found with anxiety. Anxiety causes us to question God. Where in the heck are you at, God? And if you've never asked that before, your life is good and I want to hang out with you. I find myself, I'm going to throw this out there. I find myself sometimes thinking more like an atheist than I do a Christian. You want that, by the way. You're like, oh, that's kind of sketch. <laughs> you, I'm trying to reach lost people. So I think sometimes like a lost people. I just want to know what they're thinking, how they're thinking, and what they're, like that, those are all things that help allow me to get in the brain of someone else who doesn't believe what I believe and doesn't believe that there's a creator of the universe. I believe all those things, praise God, but I like to get in the mind of one of those people. I'm not better or worse than those people. They're sinner, I'm a sinner. The difference between me and them is that I'm saved by God's grace, and I want to make sure they get saved by God's grace. So, the Bible says when anxiety was great within me, your consolation, it brought me, it brought me great joy. Here's what Philippians, here's the Apostle Paul says. And then we're going to look at a passage of scripture that the Apostle Paul writes for us. Here's what he says in Philippians chapter 4, 6-7. Don't worry about anything. Don't be anxious. Don't be anxious about anything. Instead, we don't like this one. Pray about, pray about everything. Everything, Wes. Literally, you should pray about everything. Tell God what you need. And thank him for all that he has done. You ought to be grateful in this season. You ought to write down things that you're grateful for. It'll help get your mind and your eyes off all things that you're not thankful and grateful for. It'll get your mind and eyes off of your, off your anxiety. It really, it really will. If you can get your, because anxiety really is looking at you and saying, what is wrong with me? Or, it's, or anxiety also is this. This, this is another thing about anxiety. Is that anxiety is what happens when we lose control. And you were not made to live in control of your own life. Like you should have self-control, but you're not in control of your life. The God of the universe should be in control of your life. The Holy Spirit should be leading you and guiding you and directing you and guiding your past. That's the Holy Spirit's job. Convict us, correct us. And any other C words that sound really good to go with that. But that's his job. He's there to help us and get us in the right direction. I'm so thankful for the Holy Spirit. Like, don't be anxious about anything, but pray about everything. I was talking to a business owner just this morning. His, 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 his lease got pulled out right from underneath his rug. He's like, man, I've been worried. Because I've been a Christian my whole life. For, I've been a Christian my whole life. You can't be a Christian your whole life. At one point you have to give your life to Christ. Because I've been saved for a really, really long time. And he goes, and I find myself worrying. And I said, bro, most of the, the godliest, I realize this business owner, the godliest business owners that I know worry. Because we forget how God gets us through sometimes. All of my business owners, you're tracking me. You know, like, or if you're an entrepreneur in here, say, you, God's always been there with you. He always will be there with you. But he says, tell me what you need and thank him for all that he has done. You thank God for all that he's done. It helps you get your eyes off of you or what you're not doing or what you think you should be doing. The Bible says, then you will experience God's peace which exceeds and supersedes anything that we can understand. His peace will guard our hearts and our minds as you live in Christ Jesus. You should be filled with Christ Jesus. You should be filled with peace and love and joy. And there's a tension. I know we can go from the anxiety and from the peace, but we got to spend more time in the peace zone than we do in the anxiety zone. Anybody want to be more, have more peace in their life, just throw their hand up. Just act like you care. You know, like, we need to have more peace in our life. Anxiety, and by the way, if you're like, man, anxiety, that makes me abnormal. We all, at some level, at some level in your life, you're going to struggle with it. Or seasons of your life. Maybe it's seasonal for you. 
I know some great godly pastors that have, that have gone through this and it's led them down. They didn't get help and it's just led them in a bad, 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 bad place. I don't want you to quit on life. But sometimes when we get anxious, we want to do that. So the Apostle Paul, you guys have, he just says that to us. And you're like, well, what does he know? Like, what gives him any grounds to tell us to not be anxious? Well, let me tell you. He gets in a boat and he's on a journey. And the Bible says in Acts chapter 27, he's a, he's a prisoner. He's in handcuffs. He's in this boat. And he's rowing. The Bible says in Acts chapter 27, verse 20, about midnight on the 14th night of his anxiety. On the 14th night of the storm, we were, be, we were being driven across the Sea of Adria. On the 14th day or the fourth month or the five month of a pandemic, political unrest, racial divide, Paul was anxious. I mean, we, we get anxious. We, if you're anxious here today, you're not, nor, you're not abnormal. There's a lot going on out there. I, I heard someone coin the phrase this year that, that, that um, 2020 could be described as basically as, as just a big car accident. That's lasted on and on and on. The Bible says that the Bible says that they dropped the weight, they dropped the weighted line, and they found that the waters were 120 feet deep. And now I feel like we're swimming right now, and it feels like it's 120 feet deep. And the Bible says, but a little bit later they measured again and they found it was only 90 feet deep. They're getting anxious, and they should get anxious at this rate. They were afraid. We would soon be driven against the rocks along the shore. So they threw out four anchors from the back of the ship and they prayed for daylight. I mean, they're in a bad situation. It's a bad time to be in a boat. It's a, it's a, it's a bad season. The season's not good for them. They're in a bad season. We can all relate. Things aren't going great. I saw a business the other day. She opened a business in the pandemic and she said, there's no words to describe how bad the last six months have been. And I said, that is a perfect way to describe it. There's no way to describe how bad it's been. It says here, they're in this thing for 14 days, and the, the storm's been, I mean, a 14-day storm. I mean, it cannot get any, it cannot get any worse. They're throwing anchors over the board. They're trying to slow this boat down because they think, man, if we don't slow this boat down, we are going to be in bad, in bad, 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 bad shape. The Bible says, and the sailors tried to abandon the ship. They lowered the lifeboats. I mean, it was, it was a train wreck, a boat accident. I mean, it was all those combined. Verse 31, Paul said to the commanding officer and the soldiers, you're all going to die unless, you, unless the sailors stay aboard. So the soldiers cut the ropes to the lifeboat and they let it drift away. Hey, church in here today, you better stay in this boat. Some of y'all think, I'm going to get out of church. Some of y'all are watching right now, you're going nowhere. You're going nowhere. And if you're going nowhere, you're going nowhere. God has a plan for your life. We're supposed to be able to move. How can we reach souls if we're hidden in our homes and we're eaten up with anxiety? How can we lead our families and love people, encourage people, and help people know God and find freedom, discover what's making difference if, if, this, if the enemy's got us locked in our house? And it's funny because the church like, yo, the church is so much bigger now. We're reaching so many people. But now the enemy is using the same exact tactic, and he's now he's keeping people in their homes. We were so excited about re being global. We were so excited that, that Tammy and Jason came to our church. They would have never came to if it wasn't for them. We were excited about that. Amelia and Trey coming to second service. They've been stuck in their house through this pandemic, losing job after job. And they're going to be at Next Steps today. They found us on, an online, on our online services. We were excited about that. But now it's time to come back. If not, we, just, we delay. We want to jump ship. And Paul says, hey, guys, now jumping ship, losing your faith now, leaving church, Leaving your community group, now is a terrible time to do that. 
You're like, how did you get all that out of there? Just read it. It's in there. They're, they're throwing stuff out of their life, good people. Like, he's like, no, 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 no. If you get out of this thing, you're going to be in trouble just as the day was dawning. Paul agreed. Paul said, guys, y'all need to get some food in your stomach. When you're anxious, you don't eat. That's just, you can write from the Bible. You have been so worried, so anxious, that you've been touched. You haven't touched food for two weeks, he said. Please eat something now for your own good, for not a hair on your heads will perish. That's a word for someone here today. Not for me, but the Bible says then he took some bread and he gave thanks to God. Man, you got to start thanking God more. He broke off a piece of it and he ate it. Then everyone was, then everyone was encouraged. You start eating with some people and start praying and everyone gets encouraged. Sounds like a community group. Community groups aren't, that's not like, that's not like church tactics 101. It's Bible 101. Breaking bread, laughing, joking. Got in the car for 10 minutes um, with Justin just yesterday. Helped me go pick up one of my cars. He said, man, our group is really, really clicking. I was like, man, that's what it's supposed to. There's no awkward silences anymore. Come on, praise God. <laughs> Community groups are awkward at first. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, oh, he always, that's rainbows and unicorns. No, it's awkward at first. You don't know that guy. They don't know you. You walk into Pastor West's house. You don't know if you're supposed to pray before you go in. You don't know if you're supposed to, if he's going to sprinkle you, put oil on your head. You have no idea. I've never been in a pastor's house before. I went to breakfast with a guy a few weeks ago. He's like, I just, I didn't, I, I, had a, I had an outfit on like this. I had another meeting. He goes, Pastor West, I'm really sorry. I was like, what happened? He goes, I, I, I'm not, I know I'm not dressed appropriate to meet with you. <laughs> I'm like, whatever you wear is what you wear. I don't want to wear this. I'm going somewhere afterwards. <laughs> Everyone was encouraged and began to eat. All 276 of us were on board. After eating, the Bible says that the crew lightened the ship and they lightened the ship further by throwing the cargo of wheat overboard. They threw their food overboard. This is not like, I mean, that would make me anxious. I get anxious. This is the equivalent thereof. This is just like this. When I go to the drive-thru and I order at McDonald's, and I know one of my kids' food is going to come back wrong. I know my wife. My wife says, go to Chick-fil-A. I want a half sweet, half diet, half, I, babe, I, don't, I can't remember all that, baby. Just text it to me. I can't even get my wife's drink water right. How can you, why you, why is she mixing three things? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> saying a bar. <laughs> um, too far. The Bible says, after eating, the crew lightened the ship further by throwing the cargo of weed overboard. When the morning dawned, they didn't recognize the coastline, but they saw a bay with a beach. Hey, I want to let you know today there's a bay coming with the beach. Come on. This day, we're going to end this thing. We're going to be okay. And if it doesn't get better on this earth, which probably it's not going to, spoiler alert, it's going to be better when we get to heaven. And that's what I'm living for, church. I can laugh and joke and be lighthearted. You want to know why? Because I know where I'm going to be when I die. So I'm good to go. If heaven comes now, I'm cool. If it comes later, I'm cool. Paul, so Paul said, if I live, Jesus. If I die, Jesus. Pretty good. Either way, Jesus. Man, we got to read this Bible. There's so much stuff in it. That's how we, like, man, that's really, really good. That, I really appreciate that practical application. No, just read the Bible. We live in this earth, Jesus. We die, Jesus. Either way, Jesus, church. There's a church hour and a half away. It's called Jesus Church. They, they, they got it right. <laughs> they got it right. They saw a bay with a beach. The Bible says that they could, they wondered if they jumped overboard, if they could get, if they could get there. So they cut off their anchors and they left they cut off the anchors and they, and they left them in the sea, which cost them money. And when they lowered the rudders and they raised the foresail and they headed towards the shore, the Bible says, but they hit a shoal and they ran the ship aground, aground too soon. 
the bow of the ship struck fast while the stern was repeatedly smashed. Man, does, do you, can you relate with that? Just repeatedly smashed? Your finances, relationships, spiritually maybe, your anxiety, your worry, doubt, anxiety and depression is up 35% in young people. That's why we have a youth group because they need something. Pre-pandemic, we couldn't get parents to drop their kids off at church. Post-pandemic, like, please take them. Can you guys meet seven nights a week? No, we don't like them that much. We love them, but you don't want them seven nights. We don't want them seven nights. <laughs> you had them, you deal with them. <laughs> no, we want to partner with you guys. Drop your kids off tonight. Costume parties at church. Come on, somebody. Repeatedly smashed. 2020. The soldiers wanted to kill the prisoners to make sure that they didn't swim ashore and escape. Some sick people. If you were, if a prisoner got away in these times, then the actual guard would be, the guard would be killed. So they wanted to kill him, but the commanding officer, he wanted to spare Paul because he knew Paul had some stuff inside of him. He knew Paul had some peace inside of him, some patience inside of him, some fruits of the spirit. These guys knew, man, if you live your life right, the world's going to be around, the world wants to be around you. Like, yo, we ain't letting Paul go. We're keeping him in. I was in a bad place 10 years ago, and um, I was at a bad place with my father-in-law. And I tell him all the time, like, you were like, you were a great father-in-law, but you were like, you weren't like the best boss. <laughs> That's rude. Who says that about their boss? Don't say that about your boss. <clears throat> the Bible says that, that I was in a bad place, and the guy was like, you need to, you need to be around your father-in-law. Like, he's a Joseph. Like, everything around him is, like, turning to gold. I think sometimes, man, when you live your life right, people want to be around you. The Bible says, so the commanding officer, he wanted to spare Paul, so he didn't let them carry out their plan. Then he ordered all who could swim to jump overboard first and make it to land. The others held on to planks or debris from the broken ship, so everyone escaped safely to the shore. I was actually able to get a piece of wood from that ship. I don't know how you think, I preserved it. I don't know how they preserved it, but I got it. And I think sometimes, right side up, my wife's like, you're using that ratchet looking form. This is from the Apostle Paul's boat. My son, this is my son's rant, by the way. He comes in, he comes to my room, he's like, mom, dad, something bad happened last night. I said, what happened? He goes, I went out in the garage. This, I woke up this morning. When I got out there, someone wrote anxiety on my ramp. <laughs> it ru- and it is scary looking. Like, the, this, the red makes it more. He was terrified. He's like, we, were, we, went, we went to the neighbor's house and we decorated pumpkins. And last night, someone came in and wrote anxiety. Like, he thought it was like the enemy came in and wrote this. I mean, it is scary looking. I mean, I'm, he's, not, he's not wrong. This, the Bible says that they grabbed on. Let me go back to that verse, Courtney. It's better when I read it. Just that very last verse, yeah. The Bible says, the others held on to the planks or debris from the broken ship, so everyone escaped safely to shore. And I think sometimes we're in life and we're, believe it or not, some of you, you, people can tell you have anxiety. But the world knows you should be full of peace, so they're kind of like, I'm not exactly sure I want to roll with that person. I I think anxiety haunts their heart. And we kind of, Go through life with anxiety. I got anxiety. And it's almost, you're actually, it's actually normal now to say you actually have it than to actually not have it. (laughs) I'm a perpetual optimist. 
So I'm like, yeah, I, even me, I'm like, yeah, I have it too. <laughs> I don't want to miss out. F- FOMO, just, yeah. And people that have it, they're like, clinically? No, no not clinically. I just, I, I diagnosed myself. Then they be, they don't, they're not my friend ever again. That's, that's how I lose friends. My jokes always get me in trouble. <laughs> like, it's just a joke. But I think sometimes we're rolling around, it's like, yo, I, I got my plank. I got my plank. I'm good. I'm ang- I'm ang- I got my anxiety. I'm good. And the Bible says you're not supposed to live like this. It looks weird. All my illustrations, they look weird because, but that's how we look. And here's the deal. You don't think you look that way. We never think we look as bad as we think that we look. You ever take a picture, girl, and you're like, oh, that's not me. No, sweetie, it's you. That's what you look like. I mean, that's, we'll put, someone just said, Lord, help him. That's what you look like. That's, that's, that's you. We, we, we all, like if you ask anybody, like if you take that, if you take that to fly someone, they're going to say, that's you. Like those guys are professional, they have, apparently you have to have good eyes to be one of those guys at TSA. Like, they're like, that's, they're like, that's you. But you're like, no, that's, I mean, I think sometimes, and, I, and what I want to say to you is that you really, it shouldn't be you. You shouldn't be filled with anxiety. You need to trade your anxiety. This one just looks a little bit better. Not much better, but peace is so much better than anxiety. I don't know about you in here today, but I want to trade all of my anxiety for peace. I I don't have enough space in my life to be staying in the tension longer on the anxiety side than I do on the peace side. I don't know about you, but I don't have time for that. And more so importantly, that my God didn't come and take some wood like this and put one up this way and one this way and put some nails in it and die on the cross for my sins so I can stay anxious. He died for me so I can be filled with peace. One of the fruits of the Spirit, church, is not anxiety, it's not worry, and it's not doubt, it's peace. And I want to encourage someone today that you need to start living in peace. You need to trade your anxiety for peace. For some of you guys that are here today, you need to trade your anxiety for prayer. Why don't you stand up to your feet? We're going to worship God. But some of you guys need to trade your anxiety for prayer. Instead of walking around saying, I'm anxious, I'm anxious, I'm anxious. You need to walk around and say, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. You need to go around and say, I declare peace over my life. I declare peace in my soul, in my mind. Where I go, the Bible says to clothe your feet with peace. Everywhere you go, there needs to be peace. So if you want to believe this today, we're going to sing the words of this song. Let's trade our anxiety for something so much better. Let's trade it for peace.
you're the one in control, Lord, we can have peace. God, because you're the Prince of Peace, God, we can sit back, Lord, and trust you, that we can lean back, Lord, and, and relax, Father, and rest at your feet. Lord, we know, Lord, that you're the well that never runs dry. Lord, so we'll continue to pull from that every day of our lives, God, trading our anxiety, Lord, for your peace. God, trading our stress, Lord, God, for all that you have for us. Lord, and let us take that word, Father, and apply it this week, God. Let us live out, Lord, our faith in that way, Lord, that we can just trust you and show the world around us, God, that you are the Prince of Peace. Be with us, Lord, as we leave and be quick to praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. Have a great week, and we will see you next Sunday.